Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, cats, cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison, beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. November 1st, 2022. October is over. We have made it to... The second to last month of the year 2022. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here to start your morning. Hope everybody had a great Halloween. Enjoyed their Monday evening. Justin Kalen, how are you? I'm good. I uh, did not get to enjoy the Halloween part of Halloween because I don't have kids to take around and get candy, which I realized on the way here today, that's a pretty big bummer because you all just get leftover stashes of candy from your kid. I don't have that. Maybe next year I'll buy candy for the trick-or-treaters that we don't get. That way I just have all this leftover candy. That would make me a lot better to start one of my two least favorite months of the year. No, just the month that college basketball starts and NFL and college football are happening at the okay, same time. You just may, hate that month. Maybe I should say my least favorite, one of my least favorite weather months because it's, it's the month, Roush, that it starts to get cold. But you're right. We do spend a lot more time inside watching college basketball. So we got, what, six days till college basketball starts? Woo! It is true. We are now under a week until the start the actual start of the college basketball season. Uh, Scoots, I'll tell you why that why you're, you're, it doesn't really matter about the kid aspect. I would imagine there's maybe only a, a couple years, a few, a little window where the kid would be able to get enough Halloween candy where it would outweigh just the candy that we buy for our trick-or-treaters. And the issue with la- – like, so, for example um, – Lucy is only a year old. This was her first time ever trick-or-treating. And she can walk fine, but it's not like she's the quickest person in the world because she's like a foot. I don't even know how tall she is. She's very, very short. So her steps are very, very short. So it's not like she can like go walk the neighborhood. So we went to like three houses. She got like three pieces of candy. And that was that. Now, that being said, I still have more leftover candy than we know what to do with because we had a record low in trick-or-treaters last wow. night. And we and I even went and got went to go get more candy yesterday just in case we didn't have enough. 
because we've ran out before. We give generous amounts of candy out, no big deal, but big handfuls, you know. So we've ran out, and we didn't want to run out, so I went and I got more, and now we have more candy than I know what even possibly to do with. Um, so, Scoots, that being said, it wasn't like a, a – I always will probably end up having a lot of Halloween candy, not because of what the kids will do, because we'll just end up buying too much and having a bunch of leftover candy. Hmm. Well, since you don't know what to do with it, I know what you can do with it. I know a guy who is wanting some candy. Oh, Scoots, <laughs> candy with your name on it tomorrow, buddy. I promise. Come on. I've, Come on. I've, I've got it all. I've got all different types, all different flavors. But it was very – it was a, a, a fun – Halloween, being able to go see uh, the baby go tri- trick or treat for the first time, but she certainly didn't seem to understand the concept. Although it was cute, we were filming her going to the neighbors, and the neighbors had left a bowl out because they had gone somewhere. And the bowl said, "You know, be generous. We want everybody to be able to get a piece." And on film, have the baby going up and just taking one piece out of the bowl and then turning around, and, and then she accidentally kind of fell down, but she was fine. Uh, but it was cute. She's a little rule follower. <laughs> She's no Nick Roush going up there and dumping the whole bowl mm, into the nope, bag. No, nope, no Nick Roush. Yeah, it was it was fun though. It was, uh, you know, now that Duke's got another year under his belt, he can uh, have a little bit more fun with it. Right, he can run from house to house, kind of sprint. Him and his his buddy, they were. They were having the time of their lives. Probably, probably did like a, a solid pace for about a dozen houses, maybe before it was like, okay, we're getting a little tired here, getting a little fatigued. Let's get in the the, the wagon, right, and kind of ride around for a little bit. Then we'll stop and get a few more pieces. So, I, I Scoots, I'm starting to get to the point where I he's getting a, a, a decent candy stash um, that I can kind of pinch off of. The really the biggest saving grace of the night though was the rain because it. When it kind of started, it, it was a little bit of sprinkling before uh, a downpour came in. It was like, all right, guys, we need to head home. And they were like, yeah, it's raining. That, that, that was a good way to uh, to avoid a meltdown. Really got bailed out by the weather. Did you did Duke get any like surprise candy, like large size or any like, I don't know, anything different? Um, There was some uh, a big bag of animal crackers. That, okay. uh, that's like a perfect kid treat, too. Yeah is uh sweet or whatnot um i i really haven't gone through his stash because i just kept uh going through the stash of candy that we were giving out so i haven't investigated too much he did get a thing of fruit snacks too that was one thing that he had to open by the time before the night was over with and there's these little things i don't i i i feel like i had remembered having these as a kid but not uh, couldn't tell you their name until I had to stare at the rapper last night. Have you all heard of a sixlet? Oh yeah, I love sixlets. Yeah. Yes, I, yes. It's like a, a candy that you only see at Halloween, and it's basically, uh, you know, different colored uh, little cookie bites. And he he loves those things. He got some of those. He got some at the zoo as well. Big fan of those. I just don't remember them. I don't, I don't I don't know if I've ever seen them anywhere besides uh, the random trick-or-treat candy that you would get back in the day. My grandma does a huge bowl of candy every Easter, and it always has sixlets in it. So, yeah, I've, I grew up eating those. Big fan of them. They're, they're, they're solid. They're okay. Um, there's a reason, Roush, you don't see them all that often. <laughs> but I am disappointed to hear Roush was celebrating, raining, ruining, trick-or-treating for – 
for thousands across the city just because it, it was convenient for him. If you, uh, we, there were some trick or treaters that uh, were brave enough to conquer the elements even once it started raining, and we gave them double the candy. That's that's the time to really cash in if you're smart about it. But I guess some kids just aren't as tough as I was back in the day. I, I was actually going to say that, and it is true. Like we would trick or treat in the rain back in the day. Yeah, yeah it didn't probably matter. didn't probably didn't happen all that often, but we definitely would go out and do it in the rain. We maybe only had one when it was raining, and that was kind of the unfortunate part is for like the really young kids, the people that were going out in the daytime, it was pretty much fine weather. Um, you know, again, it was probably all different parts of which part of town you were in, but it was fine weather for the youngsters. And then like once it was kind of prime trick-or-treat weather, like the sun had just gone down, I don't know, like maybe seven, a little after seven, it, uh, then it just started raining. And then at least in... Linden, it rained for it rained for like an hour and a half. Really, uh, it did it did not stop. So we had our lightest number of trick or treaters, wow. but a lot of extra candy. Good news for Scoots, and great news for us that we're going to be able to unload some of it on our dear producer. We've got a lot to get to today, including a text line, a Thornton's text line that we did not complete yesterday. Something we don't love doing here on Kentucky Roll Call, but it does happen from time to time. So we'll do our best to make that up. We got a lot of talking from yesterday, Roush. We got some updates, football, basketball. Uh, so we have plenty of new content to get to if need be. A really spooky Monday night football game last night if you were a Bengals fan. Uh, to the Bengals UK football fan, and I, I know a few personally, some of my good friends are uh, Bengals and UK football fans. T's and P's to you all. What a what a miserable, miserable football weekend you all had. And yes, as a Packers fan, it was not much better for, for me. But Joey Biscuits never beaten the Browns. What's up with that? Wow, that is weird. Spooky. His kryptonite is the Cleveland Browns. Who would have thunk it? And it's not only like, you know, not beating the Browns, I'm sure, is incredibly frustrating for Bengals fans, but Holy smokes, they looked horrible last night. I was uh, I needed T. Higgins not to score like 25 points in fantasy, and nobody cares about my fantasy team. Uh, but watching the game, I was fine. Like I really wasn't sweating it out at all. And then, of course, late, he makes it semi-interesting. Um, but, yeah, it, it, so it ended up being all right in fantasy, won my bets on it. So I do T's and P's to the Bengals fan, but it was actually a pretty nice evening for me. Yeah, oh, well, well, glad that you benefited. Um, I, I, is this where we get to talk about our fantasy too, TJ? I mean, if you if you breathe, like you see how quickly I was about it, just moved on real quick. Said said, you know, it was quick. Okay, good job. I, I would like to pat myself on the back because my commitment to my team it took us a while to gel, but we're finally we're finally hitting our stride. Also, Tony Pollard should just be the Cowboys starting running back. Ezekiel yeah, he's, just, he's just better than yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. They're just wasting time giving Ezekiel Elliott the football. Yeah, yeah. Man, the the cow NFC East back. Well, they don't call it the NFC Beast for nothing, buddy. <laughs> I mean, man, they uh, yeah, <laughs> the the Cowboys dropping forty two. Um, that was that was something. That was a shock. That was a surprise. Um, and Christian McCaffrey turns out he's he's really good as well. So. NFL still doing well. 
Um, I did not watch a lot of the game, but I did see the clip of Eli in his mask and then taking it off and peeling out of that. That just looked so uncomfortable. So Dude, uncomfortable. I, didn't, I didn't see that. I was watching the the main broadcast. So they, they, even. He, he did the he brought he wore the Chad Powers mask, I think, for their opening segment, and then he took it off during the break and naturally the cameras they were rolling for all of it so they they showed it once they got back on air and he just looks so incredibly uncomfortable and in the video the long video that they put out originally with that whole chad powers thing he took he takes it off at the end and i had the same sentiment nick that it just it looks so uncomfortable he has to like pull it so hard yeah like it's just stuck it's like yeah. they had to get a bunch of glue sticks and stick it on the mask to make sure it didn't go anywhere hmm. the the power of makeup uh, but you, at least he didn't give himself a black eye. Yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> how are your black eyes? We have a black eye update. The one was never really all that bad to begin with. You could hardly, you could hardly tell. Uh, that one looks good. The other one, it's fine. You know, it like it's 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 for black eye standards. It's really not. It's certainly not the worst black eyes I've ever had. Um, even the one that's worse looks like. Kind of looks like a black eye that's like in its final days, and that's kind of where it's at right now for me. Uh, still noticeable, so you know, just not ideal. And then again, nobody ever believes like a black eye story. So if anybody's ever looking for one, if you ever do get like a legitimate black eye and you're looking for one, again, the makeup in the shower from water pressure is a good one because it's <laughs> legitimately true. It's so it's a good like there was a there was a, a viral TikTok. I know you guys aren't on TikTok, and it was like I don't know if it was a girlfriend or a wife or whatever it was, but she was like, "All right, I tell tell me tell me how you you got that." And she's in the car sitting next to him, and she like zooms in on his neck, and it's very clearly like a hickey. And he's like, I, "You do not need to film me. I told you a thousand times. I got hit in the neck with a football on the beach." And I was like, okay, yeah, you got you got hit in the neck with a football on the beach. That's how you got that little the perfect lip shaped bruise there on your neck. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how I got my black eye. I was standing underneath the shower, having water pressure just rip through the skin particles of my face. Uh, but this one is actually <laughs> true in this regard. I did not get I did not get punched in the face, but uh, it's fine. I just don't know. Like I I don't probably won't be till like next week that there's no trace of it sadly which is a, a bummer but you know play stupid games win stupid prizes i should have realized pelting my face with water pressure was gonna not be great my mom thought it looked more like instead of like a black eye like scabbing um kind of feels like scab it feels like <laughs> this is gonna be gross to a lot of people but it feels like uh you know like the outside layer of like turkey or chicken skin you know which is like delicious to eat obviously mm -hmm. Like you know that feeling, just kind of loose skin. That's how that's how it feels. I um, a just imagining you doing this after the show yesterday made me giggle just separately. So thank you. Um, that was because <laughs> I could totally see myself being I like super frustrated over something I couldn't control after a couple beverages. That that would be it's right up my alley of dumb things to do. Yeah. Second. Secondly, I saw a hickey in the wild on Saturday. And wow. Yeah, and it's something, you know, you take for, you kind of just would giggle quite a bit in college over uh, because it was so commonplace. Now I feel like 
um uh not not doing something i'm not supposed to but it's like oh i got him <laughs> it's so funny where uh, where are you i was at um we had a street festival uh in my neighborhood on woodland uh, avenue so that was you uh, like you go give them nucks like hey man nice he was selling uh vintage clothes so maybe that's just how cool he is he sells old Whoa. clothes and the ladies just flock to him uh can't pay for this garment but what about some smooches on your neck oh yeah not yeah. a bad exchange yeah, a good businessman well, well, imagine if your wife gave you a hickey just how pissed off would you be like, would be kind of like a funny little prank you know <laughs> Yeah, like, like uh, my wife can't keep her off me. <laughs> may, yeah, that actually would be kind of cruel. Like, your wife gives you a hickey, and you got to go like work in an office setting, and like guys aren't gonna like put makeup on more times than not on their neck. They could try to get away with like the scarf routine or something along those lines. <laughs> like, really, they just have to be in their office setting, being like, "Oh man, I think Frank may be cheating on his wife. He's got some." <laughs> Hickey's on his neck, and the guy just like, no, I mean, it was my wife. Like, my wife was the one who did this to she, me. She's a real rascal. Everybody's <laughs> like, Frank, we've seen your wife. She didn't give you these hickeys. All right, Trent, we know your relationship. You've complained about her for years to us. She didn't give you those hickeys. Who you've been, who you've been seeing? Or so, is it your secretary, Frank? <laughs> yeah, we always thought it was a little weird between you two. Yeah, that actually <laughs> would be a funny troll. We're gonna get women all across the city of Louisville giving their men hickeys just for the just for the laughs. Oh, man. Hickeys, back in style. They really are. Uh, all right. Well, so we got the Thornton's text line. I'm ready to go to that whenever you all are. Uh, but I do think we probably just need to do some some quick hitters from media opportunities yesterday. Uh, Roush, there were several really interesting things that Stoop said that, uh, that I don't know. Maybe I thought they were going to get a little bit more play on social media, but it was also Halloween, and maybe people were just up doing – other stuff living living their lives potentially, but uh, I, I did think the quote about you certainly better look at the offense and you better address it and you better get it fixed or you're not going to last. While totally true, and I think like w- once you actually break it down, it ends up maybe not being as like vocal of a quote as we've ever had. But I do just think back to last year when the offense would have its struggles, and you'd hear Stoop say. I've just got to go love up Liam Cohen. He's just too hard on himself. And I just have to remind him that stuff like this happens. And here you are a year later with a new offensive coordinator and Stoops is saying, yeah, if you don't figure it out, you just aren't going to last long. It, it just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think when you put those two quotes together and obviously different situations, different circumstances. Uh, but I, I do think those quotes from Stoops are pretty telling. Uh, he'll play bad cop. He'll play good cop. He'll do what I think he needs to, or what he feels like he needs to do to get the most out of whatever position, whatever side of the ball, whatever coach, whatever it may be. And in this instance, it seems like some beyond tough love, maybe even a little bit of a warning shot here, Roush. Yeah. I mean, he essentially issued an ultimatum. And I think it was important to be, to speak so plainly about it because. As fans, you can only you can only spin this a certain way so many times before it's like, why are you not scoring points? Because that's really what it comes down to. In order to win football games, you have to score points, and they're not scoring enough of it. Uh, what, what is it, Trent Delfer? It's hard to win football games and lose. Um, 
that famous quote. Like that that's kind of where Kentucky's at. It's very simple. You're you're doing a decent job moving the football sometimes, but you make too many mistakes. Just everything feels so damn difficult. You got to go score some points and to hear it come from the head coach like he's just as disgruntled about it as us. I think is a positive for the fan base. And you know what? Maybe maybe that's the kind of I mean Rich Scangarello has spent of his 25-year career, uh, a good chunk of it in the NFL, maybe he needs the the hard truth to get his ass in gear to realize, like, okay, the pro way, doing it exactly this way isn't working, right? Like, we've got to make it more simple for these guys to be able to just to let them play football. Uh, I, 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 hopefully that is the what gets them in the gear. Um by all intents and purposes, it's going to be difficult because Missouri actually has a good defense, um, unlike Tennessee, who held them to six points. So, um, but it's it's worth noting because I'm not going to lie, TJ. This whole time, I thought getting rid of Rich was out of the cards just because of the turnover you've had at offensive coordinator over the last two years. I thought he was kind of locked up, and he was going to be here for two years, pretty much no matter what, and. Stoops made it pretty clear, like, you know, um, he, 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 it wasn't a direct ultimatum, but it was plainly speaking, like, if you don't do a good job, then you're not going to have one for long. That's how this business works. And I think that's the way Stoops needs to look at it. Like, I feel like coordinators in football are more like a brand of food or soft drink or whatever one you want to pick. Instead of like a, a family pet in the athletic program, if you get a new pet for Christmas or a birthday or holiday, you're probably early on during that puppy stage. You're probably going to have some regrets or some second uh, some second thoughts about like why did I do this? This animal is difficult. It's a living thing and it doesn't listen. And I'm trying to figure out what to do with this. But it's a pet. You made a commitment. You made a decision. You're going to hold on to it. But if you order a brand of food or you try a new product of food at the grocery store, Roush, you some people may give those a second chance. Like, hey, I decided instead of cooking with this product, I decided to cook with this product. Uh, you may say, eh, you know, wrong blend. I could have been on me. I didn't follow the instructions the right way. But if you have if you have a new product one time and you don't really like the food, it's you don't have the same loyalty you have to a house pet. You'll just throw that stuff out. You'll never use it again. Uh, you can use that comparison maybe for a restaurant even. I'll give a restaurant a second chance if maybe they had a really really bad showing, but they were busy, they were short staffed, whatever it may be. Um, offensive coordinators a lot more like that. Like y- y- if it's bad, you don't want to do it again. Maybe you could give it a second chance. And maybe if this offense turns it around, you're not even worrying about this whatsoever. But if it's bad and it finishes the year bad and we all thought it was going to be good, why would you give him a second chance? What would make you think that in year two with different pieces and debatably worse pieces, you're probably going to maybe at least be a little worse off at quarterback, one would think, but you probably should be better in some other areas. But why would you run it back if you didn't have confidence in the product? And I think I think Stoops is being incredibly honest when he's saying, like, I – I don't know right now. I don't know where I stand on this product. All I do know, though, is if it's not better, you 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 change things out pretty quickly in this business, and that's totally true. I actually appreciate the transparency and honesty from Stoops. Uh, that's stuff he could have just 
said, yeah, listen, we're confident he can get it worked out. I'm willing to help. I'll be there to make sure that we see this thing through. But then behind closed doors, he's telling Scangarello, like, hey, you know, I'm going to vouch for you publicly, but we're not going to, I'm not going to let this go on too much longer. I loved hearing it from Stoops. It was honestly a little bit of a brush of breath of fresh air for uh, a, a side of the ball that's really frustrating a lot of fans. It's nice to hear that the head coach is frustrated. Now, Roush, we'll get this on the text line, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. A lot of people are going to say, well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but you're going to have some people that are going to say, Soups, you're the head coach. Like, you can blame the offensive coordinator all you want, but you're the guy that hired him. Special teams is a total train wreck right now. You're the head coach. A lot of stuff is going wrong. It's not just one thing. You are to blame, not all these other people. What would you say to that? Yeah, um, I, w- I would say that on offense, they the, the, the talent dictates that they should be better. Whereas, you know, I don't, I don't think – Kentucky has a bunch of world-class specialists that are going to play in the NFL, right? Like that, to a certain degree, some of it falls back on how good your players are. And while kicking an extra point should not be as difficult as it has been, um, at least there, I know the players aren't going to be playing on Sunday, so I don't hold them to as high as a standard as I hold this offense where I think multiple players are going to be playing on Sundays. Um, so, yeah, I, that that's kind of our man. And I'm also – I you're going to give the head coach who's been there 10 years more benefit of the doubt than, than the guy who's been there for a year. Um, but throughout his 10 years, TJ, what's been the, the, the biggest thing holding back this football team? It's the offense. Yeah. it's Defense usually pretty consistent and consistently pretty good. Offense, not so much. And that's why I think a lot of times when Kentucky has good offensive performances or last year, throwing the football like UK fans have a very interesting reaction to good offense uh, some places it's just kind of the norm to put up like 40 in Tennessee's instance 50 points per game at Kentucky we get really excited about that stuff and unfortunately it's because it's just been too few and, and far between but uh, again I do like some of the schemes maybe a lot of it is what Roush you've kind of alluded to he, he, he's a first year head coach he's still trying to figure this stuff out himself um, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, but there, there's just too much talent to only be putting up six points against Tennessee, and right. it's that's not the only game you can point to this year and, and and have some issues or have some concerns. Not just necessarily with the calls, but just the preparedness, the schemes, just the the whole thing. So, uh, let's take our first break. A little radio tease to end. The first segment, we know what time Kentucky's going to play Vanderbilt. Ooh, I definitely wouldn't mm-hmm. want to go anywhere. I'm not changing the radio dial. I've got to, I'm staying put so I can find out what time the Cats are going to host the Commodores. Don't go anywhere. Kentucky Roll Call rolls along after this. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Pro- Gant. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. My old man is a television repairman. Got the ultimate set of tools. I can fix it.
Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. 21 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning. Roush, what's the best way to start a morning, in your opinion? Um, I think it's to stop by Thornton's, and that's what I did this morning. Um, getting getting the kiddos up and at them after a night of trick-or-treating fun. You know what? Let's let's use a little bribery with some of those Thornton's donuts. Get a got a couple of wide willies there. Really hit the spot this morning, and uh, now I'm salivating. Even though I already had one, still salivating because those bad boys are delicious. So, step on in your neighborhood Thornton's. Try them today. the The big goods there are top notch. You who who said you had too many sweets Monday night? There's no such thing. Stop on in at Thornton's and try some out today. Yeah, if you did go overboard on sweets, maybe you go with the fresh fruit at Thornton's this morning. Say, you know what? Health kick starts today. It's November. Want to finish the year out strong. I would say, I think the only thing holding this back is the abundance of leftover candy in most people's households. But, like, it really isn't a bad time to be like, hey, when is Thanksgiving this year, by the way? Before Thursday in November. Oh, that falls on the – that's sweet. I didn't know that this year. All right, the twenty, the 24th. You know, sometimes it can be a little bit earlier. Sometimes it can be a little bit later. Right, right. 24th, that's about three weeks. Three-week health kick before you get into Thanksgiving, just feast week. And then, I don't know, I guess you could make the same, the same theoretical, like, all right, well, then from Thanksgiving to Christmas, you could be healthy. It's just, I don't know, it's a little bit tougher then. The weather starts to really, really turn, blah, blah. You know, it's a little little bit tougher. You get holiday parties, Roush. It's tough to eat healthy during holiday parties. Oh, yeah. Very difficult. All right. Are we going on a collective Kentucky roll call health kick from now till Thanksgiving? I think that's a bad idea, but, you know. Just because it's like, it feels like it's, it's, it's fruitless, right? Like what, what goals are we actually going to accomplish in these three weeks? Eat, eating healthier, not, not putting, holding off bulking season for just a little bit longer. You know what? I, I, I'll probably feel better if I do it. So sure. I'll, I'll get behind that black coffee. We'll cut back on the sugar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just a few pieces of candy a day is a little treat. Uh, but no, it's uh this is a fun time of the year, and I you get to start. I, I know Scoots hates it, but you get to start a college basketball. You get football, NFL. Roush mentioned all these things, so uh, it's a fun time. It's a fun time to be listening to Kentucky roll call. We're appreciative. It's a great time to be texting into the Thornton's text line, and as Roush mentioned, it's never a bad time. Just pop your head into a Thornton's, see what's going on at your favorite local convenient gas station. Text on in, 502-414-1450. You text it in, we read it on air. And I know a lot of people have been waiting on pins and needles, but the Kentucky Vanderbilt kickoff time on November, what is it, 12th? Yep. Noon. Saw that coming. That's Kentucky great. Vanderbilt should always be played at noon. I agree. Great time. <laughs> like, especially in November. Remember uh, the game in 2018? That was a night kick. I think it was the SEC Network special. And it was about 40 degrees, but with 20 mile an hour wind gusts, they made it feel like it was about 12 degrees. And UK couldn't throw the football at all. And they just had to have Benny Snell carry them down the football field for the final 80 yards. And they won 14 to seven. Like nobody needs to be to have to sit through that. 
you don't need to go to just play it nude. Be nice. You'll get a good win and get the hell out of there. Yeah, it, it, they, I wish they, maybe they're doing that in this instance. I do wish they'd be more strategic with game times, not necessarily to TV audiences, but, and they're never going to do this in a million years, but to audiences of people that are going to be attending the game. It's going to be most likely a chilly day, hopefully not too cold, but you're going to want to be able to enjoy the sun if you're going to take in Kentucky Vanderbilt. You don't want to sit under the lights, freezing, you know what off. You just want, and you know, a lot of people too, they like having their plans on a Saturday night. Kentucky Vandy, probably not at the top of a pecking order for a Saturday night. But if it's a noon game, hey, let's wake up. We'll do a little breakfast tailgate. Hopefully the Cats, you know, by the third quarter, they've got a comfortable lead. We get the, we get the heck out of Dodge afterwards. It's the perfect time for Kentucky Vanderbilt. We're all in agreement of this. Kentucky was due for a good old-fashioned nooner. Uh, good old, good old nooner, nooner between the Cats and the Commodores. One on one on the road and one at home, but back-to-back nooners. Yep. Uh, Missouri this week, which Kentucky, I think, what, two or three-point favorite, depending on where you're looking at it. Uh, Vegas thinks it's going to be a really close game in Columbia. Yeah, it um, and that's because I, I don't think the numbers really trust Kentucky's offense against this M- Missouri defense. And the way that Stoops described it too, like it's you you really do have to commend them because that loss that Missouri had at Auburn. I don't know if you watched that game a couple weeks back, but it was one of the worst losses I've ever seen. I mean, it should have gotten Brian Harson fired. It took him a little bit longer, but he eventually got there. But they had the game one time and time again and were just missing kicks. And I mean, it was it was just a brutal, brutal way to end. And then uh, the running back was going into the end zone to win the game, and he fumbled into, into the end zone, and Auburn recovered game over. Like, it was to get up off the mat, play Georgia tight a week later, still come up short. But then they got another win. They beat South Carolina. Um Eli Drinkwitz, he, uh, as much as I loathe his off-the-field antics, the dude's good at playing his talent above their, like, they're they're good at punching above their weight, right? They they will keep things close. So if you don't play, uh, if you you don't play a clean football game, if you don't execute, then it can be a disaster. And it's got me, it's got me worried about Saturday, not going to lie. I totally get it. I, th- I think if you're after the performance on Saturday against Tennessee, if you're not, I don't care who Kentucky would be playing this weekend, let alone uh, middle of the pack, semi-dangerous, somewhat competitive, but not world beaters team on the road. Yeah, I think absolutely you should be a little concerned heading into this one. This game is going to say a lot about this UK team. Are they fighters or do they still see this season as potential for success or have they mailed it in? Because if you lose to Missouri, you can come back and beat Vanderbilt. You would hope that you would. You would think that you would. You wouldn't feel great about that Georgia game. That mm-hmm. would just be sort of a hold on sort of situation. Mm-hmm. And you, I don't know, you, you would question where their mindset would be going into that Louisville game, as much as we'd hate to say it. A team that they've completely owned, a team that we know that they get up for. But this would be the first time 
in that string of domination where you'd go in kind of licking your wounds. Generally, Kentucky's got some momentum heading in to the UK U of L game. And this would be, this would almost probably be the opposite where Louisville would likely have a little bit of momentum going into that game, which that has been the norm. They've had momentum going into it, but mm-hmm. uh, normally Kentucky has been able to match that, but this year would be, it, it wouldn't be that way. So yeah, it's going to say a lot about Kentucky on Saturday. What, what response you get? Uh, I think this Kentucky team, just with their offensive limitations, you're probably not going to see them blow them out, blow out Missouri. I, I think, not impossible, but it certainly seems unlikely at this point. So then if it's going to be a close game, all the more reason to show us that you can make some big plays, Will Levis. I know NFL teams are going to be watching. Uh, you got a lot of young pieces that we could get excited about if they make some plays late in that game, but there's still a lot to play for. I just I worry that if maybe the team doesn't look at it that way, Roush. Yeah. They're um... – Bill Connolly, who writes for ESPN, before he got there, he was at SB Nation. And this line that he uses and tweets out every year, I'll have to tweet it out too because in his article he uses a, an old pick of Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, August is for arguing. September is for dreaming. October is for bargaining. November is for everything. And that really perfectly sums up this Kentucky football season. We're all offseason. We're arguing how good Kentucky is. They had a clean slate in all of September, even without Chris Rodriguez. October happens. You lose a couple games. You kind of find ways to excuse them. But really, you are who you are in these final four-game stretch because you are you should be better than three of the four teams you're playing, and you're going to host a f- top-five team in the other one. So that uh, n- now's the time where you, you have to – Prove it. Prove who you are, Kentucky. Are you what the the disappointed fans think you are right now, or are you the team that we thought you could be in August? It's up to you. Go out there and prove it against a Missouri team that's not going to give you anything easy. Nope, and also it's worth remembering how much the uh, smack talk this Missouri team did, talking about the Cats over the summer. Uh a, a budding rivalry, if you if mm-hmm. you will, between these. No, but they they don't like one another. Um, maybe those quotes get fired up this week, and and UK can try to get uh, a little bit more motivated. But it's a bit. It really is a big one. Sheesh! It, like I, I think a lot of UK fans were really really pumped up for this Tennessee game. Myself, just as much as anybody else, they fell totally flat on their face. So they're going to have a tougher time getting up for this one on Saturday. I totally get that, but it's it is colossal. Like again, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people. If you lose to Missouri, you're going to get a portion of this fan base that's just going to say, "All right, it, you lose to Missouri. Basketball team starts their season in two days. Football, I'm not giving up on you, but my, my attention has been turned." Yeah, no, <laughs> there's no doubt about that, especially because you know it on the climb up to where Kentucky is in this SEC East pecking order, you felt far superior to Vanderbilt, Missouri, and South Carolina. Like that, those were the stepping stones. And you lost to one of them this year pretty inexplicably, even without Will Levis. So you can't you you can't lose to another one of those teams. You just can't. Nope. Nope. Those are those are the programs that Kentucky's prided themselves on being able to surpass and get above. And you can't uh you can't take a step backwards in, in those regards. 
Uh, all right, Stoops also said some more interesting comments, things that stood out to me, but we can get into those uh, a little bit later on to the show. I say we just pick up where we left off yesterday on the Thornton's text line. Yeah, let's do it. 502-414-1450 is the number, but I admittedly do not know exactly where we are on this text line. Scoot, certainly you made a mark. I'm pretty sure it is... Um, about, did we read the text about Heupel staying at UT? I think we did. That might okay. Have and then we, one. then we, then we read the Brad White one. Uh, it starts at bad throw by Levis, I believe. Okay. Which, which you read it? Bad throw by Levis, but I feel like our offensive coordinator is calling plays that feed into UT strengths, run, run, then throw on third and long with press or tight coverage in the secondary all game. Can we not throw it downfield without a five-step drop? They're not covering anything past 10 to 15 yards. No. Oh. Well done, Scoots. And they said, well, I take that last text back now. Picked going long to Dinky. Love the guys, but they're off tonight. It wasn't really going long either. Seven yards. Like, that shouldn't be going long. <laughs> that times feels like going long in this offense. The texture uh, looks like they sent in one of your tweets. Although, what tweet is it? I don't know. What could it be? Oh, oh yeah, the one about Tennessee's pass defense ranking one thirty, and Kentucky had ninety passing yards and three interceptions through three quarters. Yeah, it's tough. Man, that's horrible. Regarding next week, when are we worried about recruiting being affected by our bad play calling? Well, yeah, yeah, that's you're getting to that point. That's one thing, you know. Maybe that that goes back to Stoops' comment yesterday, which. I, if there is some truth to that, then yeah, we're going to need more of those comments as well. But we've, we've had people on this text line bring up and worry about, all right, you got a lot of really good young pieces. Who's to stop them from potentially leaving? If you feel like the offensive wheels completely and totally fall off, which we didn't expect uh, a week ago, we didn't expect two weeks ago, but when you go out and you lay a complete and total stinker in a really, really big football game, uh, you're going to get some people nervous and you're going to get some people worrying. But that would be one way is if, and, Roush, you had Ryan Lemon yesterday say that the – and this obviously is probably coming from Dane Key or people close to Dane Key or Dane Key himself. Tennessee was shouting out UK's offensive plays and what the wide receivers were going to be doing before the snaps were happening. Yeah, I I would just like to say that that it feels like a something that a disgruntled player would say after the game, right? Even if, but we also knew what the plays were going to be, you know, run on first down, run on second down, throw on third down. So I, to a degree I'm, I'm with it, but also like, I mean, it's not like, do you get what I'm saying there? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're alluding to, it was just a frustration. Yeah. Like I think some of it is just players being frustrated but it's clear like th- that right now Kentucky's offense is very predictable. But I don't think they just knew the plays a la like a wakey leaks or you know something like on those lines. And when you when you blame when you say the other team knows your plays before you run them doesn't that feel like kind of a lame cop out, right? Like kind of an excuse. Yeah, I I mean it's not it's something that I'm sure happens somewhat frequently in college football where an opposing defense 
And it'll happen with an opposing offense or if you get the right quarterback where uh, a defense will say, hey, they're lined up here, watch the motion guy, watch the motion guy, it's so-and-so. Like, hey, we've seen this play. Like, we, we are familiar with what they're doing here. We watched it in film. Uh, sometimes you'll get a quarterback under center and they'll say, all right, linebackers blitzing, this is your pickup here. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll call it out when they see it as well. Normally those only fester, if you will, in a loss where it's like, oh, they were doing what? Oh, that's unacceptable. But it probably happens all the time and wins too. But if you win, you just <laughs> right. don't really like care that like, hey, they, they were calling us out, but they still were not able to stop us. Ended up not making a big deal. Uh, this In this instance, though, it, it's not a good thing. I think the bigger concern is not so much that the offense is predictable. I don't need Tennessee's defensive backs hollering that for me to know that. I know that this is a predictable offense. I think the bigger issue is that the wide receivers – potentially, or people in the wide receiver room or people around the program are leaking those concerns, criticisms. Yeah, issues. yeah. I think that's the bigger problem here mm-hmm. is that they're, they're clearly unhappy enough where they're, they want to make sure Ryan Lemon tells that to everybody. And if I'm Ryan and I hear that, of course I'm sharing that. I'm not blaming Ryan. This Ryan's not to be blamed at all for any of this. It's actually nice that he shares that info with people. That being said, I think the bigger concern is that like people are very clearly unhappy in the program with this offense, and that's much more alarming because that's how you get people to get out. Yeah, yeah, not, we don't want that. No, no, don't want it, not not a lot of happy people in that offensive locker room right now. No denying that. No, but texter on the Thornton's text line says maybe we should have just hired the guy that likes cocaine. Who's that? Yeah, I was wondering who the cocaine guy was, too. Mm, yeah, who knows? I mean, Salt Lake Brian here. Hey, Salt Lake Brian. He says, congrats, Roush. Inquiring minds want to know, how good is Scoots feeling now about that bet with Trevor? I am feeling great. Feeling great, Brian. It was never about Eastern Michigan. It was never about Amani Bates. Uh, well, it was, all about, it was all about Louisville. That's it. There we go. I didn't get to listen to a lot of U uh, of L radio yesterday, but I did hear Trevor's not overly concerned. Whew. Trevor was obviously under the influence of something, because there is a I, lot to be concerned about. I never really got to hear like why he was not overly concerned. I think it was because you knew this team was going to struggle but you saw a few good things for some players and you just have to assume they'll get it figured out. I don't, I don't know. It was you tough. know, I, I would love nothing more than to see Bellerman beat Louisville in that first game of the year. I would love nothing more. It would be pretty awesome. I just think, I don't think the, I don't think people are overly high on Bellerman, but that being said, if you lose to this team, then you can, I mean, you literally could lose anybody on your schedule. Oh, did you see the community college that was throwing strays at UofL? No. Yeah, uh, community college that beat Lenoir Ryan in another exhibition. So Lenoir Ryan, they scheduled an ex- exhibition down and an exhibition up. They lost to the team that was below them in classification. They lost to the JUCO. Oh, no. And then they beat <laughs> Louisville. So the community college... uh they they basically sent a congratulatory text or tweet out to uh um <laughs> out to Lenoir Ryan. How does that um, happen? 
Let me uh, let me pull it up because my I'm pretty sure it was Mike who tweeted it out. Yes, uh, Caldwell Community College says congrats to the Bears basketball team for their exhibition win at Louisville today. Here was the score of our exhibition with the uh, Lenoir Ryan this past Wednesday. The Cobras regular season starts versus Motlow State in Morristown, Tennessee, and the Cobras from Caldwell beat uh, Lenoir Ryan sixty-seven to fifty-eight. Man, I had no idea. That's not it's good. So bad. So transitive properties, Louisville would lose to a community college by 19. <laughs> yes. Poo. Oh, Sheesh. That's a big one. <laughs> what are you going to do with your 500 smackers? What's Eastern Michigan up to? Have they played any exhibition games? I, I'm not paying attention until the regular season. I don't need to know what they're doing in exhibitions. We, I we are going to be open asking that door. regular Eastern Michigan questions of Scoots. So. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll have updates. Trust me. I'm going to be the biggest Eastern Michigan fan you ever known this year. But it's not about them. It's not about them. But I'm gonna I'm gonna learn their their team. I'll I'll watch a lot of their games. I feel like yeah, I'm excited. Uh, let's see. They played Grand Valley in an exhibition game and they did not lose. So that's got to make you feel pretty good. Sweet, love to hear it. And then I don't know if this is a real game or an exhibition game, but they play Wayne State on Monday. Uh, should be a real game. That, that's probably real. Yeah. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have a little exhibition underneath it. So I guess they only did one exhibition game. They liked what they saw. They got a 16-point win over Grand Valley, and now they're ready to rock and roll against Wayne State. I love it. That's a 1-0 start if I've ever seen one. Wayne State's going to get it is what you're telling me? Yeah, that's it. Yep. The fighting Waynes. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> a texter on the Thornton's text line says, uh, Salt Lake, or, or no, we already got that one. I've been thinking this for a bit, but Cason Wallace is a shorter Jimmy Butler, plays very similar, similarly. Uh, maybe a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll get by your NBA All-Star comps once I see him a little bit more. I haven't, haven't seen enough. And I, it's like, you know, I'm not great with the NBA player comparisons, but I think the tougher part with a Jimmy Butler comparison is like his size is almost what makes him so good. It's just because he can rise up and be just bigger than the people guarding him. I don't think Cason Wallace will have that luxury, even as a bigger guard. But I, I don't know. I'm having a tough time putting those ones together. Uh, another texter, and then we'll go to our hour break. College woman soccer countdown kick rocks. Counts down. Yeah, the clock for college. I think it may be for both college. It's men's too. Yeah, yeah. it's very not, not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, did you all see the brawl? I did. Well, I saw the clips of it. But what was uh, it? L- LSU and Mississippi, Mississippi State, State, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Mississippi State's just mad they lost their athletic director to Auburn. We need to talk about that in hour number two yep. in all seriousness. So don't go anywhere. We'll get to all of that. This is Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on... 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning. 
We appreciate you tuning in and listening. It's Taco Tuesday. It's a new month at Salsaritas. That means you can go. I mean, you can go to Salsaritas anytime, but Tuesdays especially feels good. It's kind of a, I don't know, I think it's supposed to get warm and maybe even a little bit nicer as the day goes on. But right now it's kind of gray, ugly outside. Nothing that some tacos can't cheer you up for. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. And remember, if you've got any big weekend plans to consider Salsaritas for their catering options, no party too big, no party too small for Salsaritas. You will not be disappointed. It's delicious, tastes great, and uh, it's got, you'll save money too because you can do it all online on the app. They're from Middletown. They've got a drive-thru out there on Shelbyville Road and then off Hubbard's in St. Matthews, also Hubbard's off Shelbyville Road. So uh, go down Shelbyville. You'll find one of their Salsaritas locations. You'll love them as much as we do. They're the fresh Mexican grill. All right. Uh, let's see. Cal Perry told Alan Culler. Alan Culler back on radio. Yeah. Let's hope, let's hope that show lasts more than a week or two. Just a um, cat. Uh, say that lovingly to Cutler. Cutler is, he, he's certainly a character. Anybody that's heard him on radio knows it, but he does seem like a nice guy in my interactions with him. So wishing him well on his new radio endeavor. And he had John Calipari on, who says the Wheeler injury, nothing to be worried about. Uh, you saw him hobbling, having to get carried by two trainers off the court on Sunday. Looks like the worst case scenario was avoided and shouldn't shouldn't miss much time, Roush, if if the coaches are being honest. Which is a positive sign, but um I would not be holding out hope for any sort of action from Wheeler this Thursday when they scrimmage uh Kentucky State. So um, you know, might be a little clunky initially, but um uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see. Um uh, really the 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 injury stuff is a little bit frustrating because you don't want them to waste a lot of time uh, gelling. We've seen that become a problem in the past. The good news is a lot of these guys have played together already. This isn't completely transforming a new team. So, uh, what, three new additions, really? Technically four because Frederick uh, didn't play any last year. But it does give those other guys some time to get their legs underneath them in this game, maybe that Howard game next Monday. Um before they they go up against Michigan State in the Champions Classic, which is two weeks from today, is that correct? Um, yeah, I think that is accurate. We got Election Day in a week, and then I think it's the week after that. So that that would check out. You get Michigan State in two weeks. Yeah, you you kind of alluded to it. That's a couple of ways to look at it. The injury stuff. It's a bummer because you feel like this team really can't gel until everybody's there to gel together. So that kind of stinks. But you're right. On the flip side. It's a great opportunity for a case in Wallace. It's a great opportunity for an Antonio Reeves. You're going to have the ball in your hands more. Let's see what we can, what you all can do with it. And if it looks really, really good, John Calipari said he wants to average 80 points per game, which I, I, between Twitter and message boards, I saw mocking comments one of two ways. One like, yeah, right, 80 points per game. And then I saw some say, only 80 points per game, blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, they were at 79 and a half last year. And if you remember, if you, if you remember the wheels kind of started to fall off there towards the end of the season. So it's a team that probably should have easily averaged 80 points per game. Um, and we like the roster better than we had, than we liked the roster last year. At least that's what we're all telling ourselves. So 
Uh, it's a team that probably should average 80 points per game. And when you go out there and see them lay a little bit of an offensive egg against Missouri Western State, it makes you a, a little bit nervous. But with Wheeler out, good opportunity for these other guys. If you think Wheeler has some offensive, if he, if he's an offensive liability, I know there are some folks that think that, uh, then th- this could be a good opportunity for the team. But um, I hope it means we see a little bit more adute the arrow. Uh, not so sure if it will or if it won't, but hopefully he can get out there and get some more minutes as well. But, yeah, I agree with you. Probably not going to see Wheeler on Thursday. It would seem like maybe on uh, six days, the Howard season opener, that may be a stretch, but uh, you're right. Potentially you get him in two weeks for that Michigan State game. I don't think that's impossible. Maybe that Duquesne game on November 11th is the one you circle and hope that Wheeler can be back if it is truly nothing overly serious. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see if that's actually the truth. Ooh, you caught me in mid-yawn. My bad. I, uh, oh, don't worry about it. We're Everybody's yawning. Uh, text on in 502-414-1450. I don't know exactly where we left off. Ooh, I do. And it was the text. Oh, no. I had it perfectly set up. Gosh, you dingus, Roush. Also, big suck it to the Breeders' Cup. I'm just trying to find the odds for every race, and it's impossible. So, Big suck at Breeders' Cup. Get back in my good graces sometime. Maybe that's something you do when you're not doing a radio show. I know. I was trying to do it during the break, and it just kept bleeding over. I get it. Flight lines three to five favorites. Show me the 13 other races, you jerks. Yeah. Go on. Show them jerks. all the races. Drew Crew greater than the Sack Pack. Wow. Who's the wow. Drew Crew? The Big Blue Drew Crew. Oh. The, I didn't know the Big Blue Drew had a crew. He does now. He damn right he does. Are you Justin, would you consider yourself part of the Drew crew or the Sack Pack? Um I like them both, but I've had way more interaction with Drew, so I'd have to be part of the Drew crew. You got to go with the with the with the group that gives you breakfast. That's true. Yeah. The Sack the Sack Pack's never fed you. If Sack also, Pack brings a, brings me some biscuits and gravy, yeah, then then we'll talk. Feels like the Sack Pack too, way too young. For us to be like we're we're the Steve Buscemi when we hang out with the sack pack, right? Yeah, but if the if the Drew crew is rolling their jeans, maybe we are we more closely aligned Ooh, with the sack pack. That's a good point. We'll have to get their their uh, do do they roll their jeans? I think a lot of people would be interested in, in seeing the answer to that. Sack pack does the Legos too, which was an astonishing collection there. That was pretty insane. I didn't see that. I didn't see that one coming. I also, uh, I've already told my wife, like, if our kids get into Legos, like, that, that's all you. Like, it, you got it. Um, not, not, not for me. I like Legos just fine. I just can't. I'm not. That's just not my bag of tea. I'll do all the sports stuff. I'll, I'll do all the imaginary play stuff. Legos, I suck. I just I suck at building things. Um, I'm terrible at it. Never played with Legos as a kid. I'm just not. It's not for me. I mean, I wasn't like a Lego kid by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, you you would play with. I mean, everybody loved putting something together with Legos every now and then. Yeah, we had. I maybe made some towers with the big blocks, and then would like knock them over with like a dinosaur or something. But that was the extent. Like, I those little boxes of like you can build a spaceship or you know any sort of following directions to put together something specific. Can't just not not for me. Not for me. My buddy growing up had a like he had Lego like stationary tables. So like think like coffee tables, but they were like 
you know, the bases were Legos. So, and they were like different setups. So you could build on these tables and just build up, up, up as much as you wanted. They were pretty sweet, actually, coming back and thinking of them. Uh, wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind getting those for my kiddos someday. My, my biggest issue with Legos is just there's a bajillion of them and yeah. you step on them or you find them and you never, you never really, you're going to just lose a, a million of them. Yeah. Not to, not to ever be replaced. Yeah. And once you lose one, you're done. You're, you're done. done. You can't ever get another one that can do the exact same thing as a Lego. Uh, another texture says, Missouri Western State, I'm so sick of this non-conference home schedule. That's a good text. <laughs> I don't like deferring to start the game. Don't deviate from what you normally do. What do you mean? They always defer to start the game. It's also like... Uh, I, think know, they're, they're, I think the texts are saying they like, they like that decision. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I like deferring to start the game. I thought it said I don't like. I got my don'ts mixed up. Yeah, you always defer, too. You should always defer. I get the concern of exactly kind of what happened, but any way you spin it, you can, you're all, if you defer, you're always going to come back to, no matter how bad things went in the first half, at least we get the ball to start the second half. Mm-hmm. And, I, 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 you know. You could make the case, yeah, but if they score in three seconds and you're down seven nothing before you can even blink, that's not good. Well, then, but who's to say that if you get the ball first and you go three and out, or if you score a touchdown, like you know, they they can easily be reversed. Um, yeah, you don't want to get down. Okay, so we get the ball first, we go three and out, and they don't score right away. Then, like you know, at some point you got to get stops. At some point. The other team's going to have a scripted drive. It all equals out. I agree with the texture. Don't break away from what you normally do, and it's always smart to get the ball to start the second half. Always smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Play no. is brutally predictable in the first half. I think everybody would agree with that text. Yeah, there was a that, that one drive was nice, but the, the other thing, too, remember how often Kentucky was cool in the first possession last year? You haven't gotten a lot of that confidence in the opening script from Rich Kingarola. You just haven't. It's felt nope, nope. Felt it's the it, everything just seems so jumbled at times. When UK's offense isn't working, it just seems like too clunky. Uh, even passing plays, it just seems like okay. There's a receiver there. There's a receiver five yards away from him, and then from that guy, there's a receiver three yards away from him. So you have three receivers in like the the radius of five yards, six yards, whatever it is. Uh, run plays, short side of the field. There's just a million people there. It's just like, the, you know, maybe there, you could have found a hole and slipped through, but in reality, it's just too many bodies. So uh, that that seems like when the offense slows down is just when it's not really spread out and it's not an offense really that is looking to spread teams out all that much. So, um, yeah, they just need a good performance. They just need to light up the scoreboard. They need to see things work. They need to see – we need to see things have a little bit of rhythm a little bit of consistency to it, and uh, sadly just not enough of it. And maybe you can blame play calling a bit. Maybe you can blame lack of talent on the offensive line. Maybe Levis has been shaky, and I think he has been a little shaky from time to time. Uh, but you, but the combination of all of it, I don't know. I don't care who's to blame. I just want it to be better. Yeah, please make it better. <laughs> After sleeping on it, just completely embarrassing performance from the coaches. The team was just not ready to play. I agree. Frederick might be him. Oh, CJ Frederick. CJ Frederick. I hope. It's just, it's fun watching that dude shoot. 
And if the offense is going to be struggling, he's somebody that I'm fine just letting kind of rip. Um, I, I, I think a texter is either going to bring it up later or maybe we are we brought it up yesterday. I was a little disappointed with Toppin, but even more so with Damian Collins. You would have even forgotten Damian Collins was on the team watching that exhibition game on Sunday. But people like Frederick, and especially obviously when the National Player of the Year returns and one of the best rebounders in the history of college basketball, Frederick, just shoot. Like, let your, like good offense can be your misses. Good offense can be you putting up a shot as mm-hmm. a 54% three-point shooter, us rolling the dice with just the initial shot going in. But if it doesn't go in, ideally you're going to have Toppin, Collins, and we definitely know that Oscar rebounding the ball for you. I want Frederick to shoot even more than he's already. The season hasn't even started yet, and I want him to shoot more. Like if I don't even care if you're open, not open. Just let it rip, baby. Uh, and and hopefully your your helpers on the offensive glass will will make things easy for you. And two, that's a good way to spread out a defense. Have somebody shoot it from twenty four feet. How many times do you get uh, some kind of wild rebounds on stuff like that? So, uh, but I was disappointed in Damon Collins. He didn't really do anything on Sunday, and I would have expected him to do something. Right, like we aren't going to project him to do what he did in the Bahamas and just dunk on people's faces every single time. But like, give us a little more. How much yeah, did like, he even play? I don't even remember seeing him all that much. It was really crazy. I don't remember seeing him really either. But like you know, we praise you gonna onions, and we talked about a shop. Like why you know Collins could have done that stuff. Yeah, he he could have been the one doing the old shop blocking. So it was a disappointing performance from him. What do we got next on the text line? Uh, one texter says, all on all, B-ball team looks all right. I thought the Cats would turn this team over more. Offense looks a little stagnant, but it was the first game. And as we said yesterday, too, they, they did really slow it down and muck it up. So it wasn't going to be the prettiest basketball game just by the style that Missouri Western wanted to play. Collins only played 13 minutes, so maybe he's dealing with something himself. Maybe he's got something that's nagging or bothering him because 13 minutes was the uh, the second fewest of people who played besides uh, the Arrow, who actually I thought should have probably played a, a few more minutes. But, yeah, he was the only person to play. Also, Collins was to not score, so maybe easy to forget about him because he didn't really do much. Uh, another texture. Says there have been two frustrating constants in the Stoops era: poor games out of the bye week and bad end of clock, half end of half clock slash game management. Both were on full display Saturday night. Yeah, and, and it it is weird, TJ. Like end of game isn't as bad, but end of half sometimes it's almost like, well, what are, what are we doing here? What's the decision we're going to make? And that was whew, that was really bad on Saturday night. Yeah, and Stoops owned up to it, and you know I think. Not that I don't know how you could really say anything else, but admitted to it, said he said it was a mistake. I wanted to get better, but I don't like what, Rush, what could you even say to make people more optimistic that it could get better? Yeah, really nothing. <laughs> right. Like, <it's... sighs> and then uh, on the call in show last night, somebody asked Stoops why Kentucky doesn't play faster. Like, why? There isn't a little bit more tempo. And he said that it's not just something you can transition to overnight and that Kentucky's not built for that, which things that are true, 
but it's not like, you know, teams playing fast in college football is a new novelty. Yeah, and that's because he doesn't want to say that part of it he wants to protect his defense. That's why he likes his style. Oh, exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of beating around the bush. But when's the best we saw Kentucky's offense play? When they went tempo in the second half against Mississippi State, right? Like, (laughs) so, you know, there's something to it. And, like, the idea of protecting your defense, I do understand. But, like, do you not see your own defense against tempo and think to yourself, like, oh, oh, we want to make life more difficult for the defense, the opposing defense? When teams go tempo against us, it makes life more difficult for us. Like, can you not put those – can you not put that together? And I get not doing it all the time, but, like, even just getting the plays in quicker – like that, that can be something. It feels like it takes a long time for everybody to get out of the huddle, to get set. Um, you know, Kentucky's moving at a snail's pace right now. I think it's the second slowest in America. You can you can go a little bit faster. You can't. A texture says I had predicted forty nine to seventeen balls. Well, it is it is you. kind of uh, funny though. Like Tennessee started five possessions in UK territory, and they they only scored forty four points. That that's actually kind of good. <laughs> Saturday was a major disappointment. Play calling was awful. Blown assignments on defense were embarrassing. All that coming off a of bye week. My biggest thing I kept thinking about is next year. We lose a lot, and I know there's a transfer portal, but it's highly unlikely you hit all those needs. Are there some? And there are some really big needs. Quarterback and running back is what this texture alludes to. Yep, yep. It um, and that was kind of the point you were making a year ago. Was hey. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this upcoming football season, but the next one, things could be huge. And so you, you, you have the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys, because you're not Alabama, right? Like you're not one of these juggernauts you build for a few years and then you kind of backslide a little bit and then you build up and then we, we, we've already seen it over a four year cycle once. Um, and so you're about ready to reach the end of another what's perceived to be a peak. And so there's going to be a kind of a steady climb back up. Like that's, that's kind of how things go. So uh, I, I don't think a ton of people are going to be overly optimistic going into next year, uh, unless there's a, a big home run hit in the transfer portal like quarterback. Well, here's what I would tell folks. One, still plenty to play for for this season. I know a lot of people realize that, and that's not really what the point of this text was even saying. Secondly, I think the future of the defense is going to be okay. Not that you're not going to be replacing plenty on that side of the ball. You will. You'll have to replace some. But I I don't have any big picture, big program, major concerns about the defense. I'd like in the the future getting more of a push up front uh, to start your possessions. That's fine. The bigger concerns on offense, and I don't think they're at – well, on one hand, they're huge fixes. On the other hand, uh, I don't think that they should be that big of issues. Got to get back to the offensive line being dominant. Mm-hmm. If that means simplifying things again, if that means finding some people in the transfer portal, whatever it means, I don't care. But offensive line's got to get back to the standard that it's been in the Supes era. That's that's first and foremost. And then secondly, I do think you just got to get the right quarterback, whoever that is. I don't think it's anybody from Clemson, but we don't need to go down that road again. <laughs> I think you do those two things. You get a quarterback that you can trust, and we've seen – in the Stoops era, it doesn't even have to be a dominant quarterback. It's just got to be somebody that can do enough. Um, now, the more dominant, the better, and the more fun that we'll have with all those things. 
but I'm not I'm not concerned. It's just got to be somebody that can run the show. But get back to getting a good offensive line. I think it all starts up there. It all starts up front. And then get the quarterback, and I think we'll be fine. You got the pieces of wide receiver. You have a lot of bodies at running back. I think McLean did some solid things. Um, I'm not too concerned about the running back position. If you want to go get somebody at the transfer portal, then sure, fine, go ahead and do it. But I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about running back. Just get the offensive line back up to snuff. Get yourself a quarterback. Caps will be ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Uh, this is the Halloween theme text from yesterday that we did not get to. One, two, big blue coming. Big blue Drew's coming for you. Three, four, lock the minivan door. Five, six, hope your pants roll sticks. Seven, eight, book your hotel late. Nine, ten, feed the twins. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's not bad. Not bad. Don't forget to feed the twins. Are we out on Rich yet, or was that Tennessee defense that good? All week, everyone was saying their defense wasn't great and that they were real bad at pass defense, or is our line just – or? Is it just our line is awful? It's a little bit of all of the above. We're yeah. at all the above phase right yeah, now. Yeah, it, it was terrible. Just a terrible did, performance altogether. Did you see the 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 jokester who dressed up as Coach Rich for Halloween? I did. Good costume. <laughs> it was a really good costume. Because <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty easy to you know to to do the dress up thing, right? Like you've got the headset, glasses. UK stuff, and then he printed out plays. It was like halfback dive, screen, quarterback draw. <laughs> a texture says the most embarrassing loss in the Stoops era, right? I, I think no, so. no, no. I'm I'm more embarrassed about South Carolina. Yeah, you didn't I'm have more, Vandy. The the Vandy game at Vandy that would have made you bowl eligible, and you had two players uncovered. Hell, the Florida one was more embarrassing, too, because that one was an ESPN 7 o'clock when you left the guys uncovered back in 2017. That that one yeah. was that one was tough. Yeah, this this one, had... like, Kentucky's still ranked in the coaches' poll because everybody thought they were getting their asses kicked by Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, we didn't, though, so not everybody. Right, uh, but every most people on a national level expected you to lose this game. The money was coming in on UK on the on the line. Uh, it was a big line. I mean, double digits, two possessions. But now nah, I, I would agree with the texture. Like you were bright lights. We thought Kentucky was going to have a chance to compete. This was a series that's been pretty close as of late, and you just got curved. I mean, you were complete no show. Uh, just it was bad. It was really really bad. Doesn't mean that things need to. Everybody needs to be miserable forever. Cats can rebound this weekend, and things will be all right. But you lose this weekend. It's not going to be good. Like, people are going to be very, very frustrated. Saturday night, and really this whole season so far, has shown that our program has plateaued. Programs in the East are catching up to us, and Tennessee, for the moment, has passed us. The Georgia gap is increasing, too. If this season continues the way that it has, it's probably time for a philosophy change on offense and need to reevaluate the coaching staff. Other programs are stepping up. It's Kentucky's job to... To keep them at bay. I don't know if we've lost Roush or he's just lost interest in the Thornton sex line. We're due for a break anyways, though, so probably a good time to take it. Uh, this is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Cable.
want you to round up every vicious criminal and gunslinger in the West. Take this down. I want rustlers, cutthroats, murderers, bounty hunters, desperados, mugs, pugs, thugs, nitwits, halfwits, dimwits, vipers, snipers, con men, Indian agents, Mexican bandits, muggers, buggerers, bushwhackers, horn swagglers, horse thieves, train robbers, bank robbers, and Kentucky Roll Call. Could you repeat that, sir? Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. One final segment here on your Tuesday morning. We appreciate you spending it with us. You'll appreciate taking the time to go to ShadyRays.com and checking out their selection of polarized sunglasses. They look like they are designer brand, big time expensive price tags no expensive price tags at shady rays beautiful quality sunglasses for an affordable price and we make it even cheaper for you when you use promo code big at checkout to save 25 percent off polarized sunglasses for any occasion fishing hunting snowboarding skiing walking hiking whatever it may be shady rays will have you covered Go to ShadyRays.com to learn more, read why they have basically a bajillion five-star reviews. I'm a little off on that number, but it is pretty sure it's at least six figures, maybe seven figures on five-star reviews. That's pretty good. It means you're doing some things right. Uh, all right, uh, we got a lot of text to get to. We can certainly go over there. Roush, any other quick hitters you want to get to before we do that? Roush's. I was trying there to. There we go. go. <laughs> I think his internet's bad. Yeah, I, my my computer is just—I I don't know. It, no, it's it, my computer. It's, it says it's dying and it's plugged in. I don't know. So something's going wrong over here. It's it's very frustrating. But if you you all can hear me, I was trying to make a point. I could hear you. I was trying to talk the last one. The texter said it feels like we've plateaued, and I want to be like, well, yeah, it's kind of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know that this like, I, I'm going to be the first one, TJ, to have lots of belief that Kentucky can be a world beater. Right. Like I, I, I want the cats to be there. But to a certain extent. You are what you are. And to think that Kentucky can become an SEC championship college playoff contending caliber program on a consistent basis is a tall ask in my mind. It's a pretty good plateau you're on right now if you can just win the East once, play in one SEC championship game. That's all I've really wanted from Mark Stoops. Um, once he got to this this new spot, right, this 9-10 win spot, it's like, okay, if you can do this every four years and then win, play in an SEC championship game once, I'm happy. So when people say, well, you plateaued, it's like, well, that's not a – it's not a bad plateau to be on. And I think breaking through to that last level is incredibly difficult. Um, and I, I don't see Kentucky being able to do it regularly. Things kind of have to go your way when you have one of these really good 10-win teams. And they just haven't. They, they, they have not gone their way whenever they've had those opportunities to knock off a top-five team. Yeah, there's there's three things, three three directions UK's program can go, and only one of these options is a good thing. Um, and we'll start with that good thing. One direction is up. It's 
been the direction that Mark Stoops has gone the majority of his time at Kentucky. And it's been really fun, and it's why most people have been happy. Number two, and it seems like I think a lot of fans probably think this season is where this is at, just stay the same. And I'll, it, you're not necessarily continuing the climb, but it could be worse, and that is number three, the worst option, and that is going backwards. Uh, I don't feel like Kentucky football right now is going backwards necessarily, so I'm not panicked by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, frustrated with Saturday, sure, but I don't think the program is going backwards. But the reason why there's only one good option and there's only one good direction is because if you're staying the same, which unfortunately I think that's where we're at right now, or you're going backwards, both of them aren't good. Backwards for obvious reasons, but if you're staying the same, it means other programs are catching up to you. And that's why it's bad. The only good option is to go up. Because even if you're staying the same, you're not directly going backwards, but the Missouris and the South Carolinas and the Mississippi States, they're starting to kind of reach your level a little bit, and you don't want that. You worked really hard to get above them. You worked really hard to get above that level. So even if you're not specifically taking steps backwards or noticeable steps backwards, if other programs are slowly but surely catching up to you or what that texter says, Tennessee and Georgia widening the gap, that's not good. So there's only one real direction for Kentucky to go. It's continue to climb. If this year is just kind of a stay-in-place year, like I talked about yesterday, it's quote-unquote a bad year, but you get eight or nine wins, that's good. That can actually show some signs of a growth of a program. But that being said, we'll all be ready to get back to – hey, taking this thing to the next level, and that is legitimately competing for the East, New Year's Six Bulls, spots that we thought we were going to be in this year. Well, maybe maybe you stay the same. You didn't take that step forward. Save it for next year. Take that step forward then. Um, that's what Stoops has to be doing. Continuing to climb, because if not, people are going to be catching up to you. A texter says, TJ, just get a bark collar, easy fix, and they'll figure it out sooner than later. Yeah, I just feel like we missed the ball yeah, on the bark collar. Well, He's eight years you make old the now. Good- Rush, man, I'm I'm going to try to fix things. No, we, we, you, here, you so. sound great when you talk. I feel like I'm listening to the Rutherford no, show no, from some, Friday. Something's all going again. on. Oh. <laughs> Scoots, what if it ended up being like a my internet issue? Your whose internet? Well, I. No, it's Ralph's it? internet for sure. Yeah, it sounded like he was just on delayed. Like, he was yeah. trying to talk, but it was just, like, you know, 10, 15 seconds after. All right, yeah. well, we'll continue with the text line without him. A texter, 502-414-1450, says, all but five teams in the country would have gotten would have gone to Knoxville and got their butts kicked, too. The team has to make sure there's no hangover from this game. That's a good point. I feel like the part of the issue is, though, we thought that Kentucky wasn't going to be one of those five teams. Tennessee still played well, but Hooker still missed some throws. It just, I, I, I agree with what other people on the Thornton's text line have been saying, that I just feel like Kentucky wasn't really in a great position to win the game, and that's a bummer. That hurts. Yeah. A texter says, we just have to call it like it is. Tennessee owns us. Um, well, when you get beaten that badly, you can't really say too much of anything else, and that's got to change. Is that the perception overall, though? I mean, Kentucky, I think, has only won like three games against Tennessee in the last 40 years, so it's – so uh, yes. It's you're looking up to that program now. The issue is we thought that we that Kentucky had closed the gap, was maybe even swinging things into the right direction. 
you won at Knoxville two years ago. You felt like you were the better team last year. Should have won that game last year. And then we felt like we had a chance going into the game in Knoxville this year, and then Kentucky just gets blown out. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're, we're not where we'd like to be in that rivalry, no doubt about it. And that's on the coaching staff to change that. Does no special teams cause some of the problems? I think they mean does no special teams coach cause some of the problems? Um, do they, do, do, this, you know, special teams coach, I think it's just somebody that can be held most accountable for special teams, but usually you're going to have a head coach to have plenty of say in it or at least overview it. I'm, I'm blaming, I'm blaming Stoops on that. He, he, he gets the blame. Uh, he's overseeing it. A texter five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. It's just been bad in too many games this year. John here. Happy All Hallows Eve, everyone. This is from yesterday. Man, I know the football team will bounce back and be okay. I hope Wheeler will be okay. After watching yesterday's game without him and Oscar, it would be one of the big nightmares. We do not want to see the as Cats fans. Today, my job, we are dressing up in the office because we will hold a trick-or-treat event for the kids around the community. I'm a vampire. This is my first. I've dressed up in probably 25 years or so. Have you guys ever had to dress up for an event? or for a company, and what was the coolest thing you ever dressed up as? We'll got to go talk to you later. John, I hope dressing up went well. I hope the trick-or-treat event went well. I'm sure the kids loved it. I'm sure you weren't too spooky. Uh, I dressed up at the office. I've dressed up for radio shows as well. Uh, we did a remote show for the Breeders' Cup one year down at Churchill Downs. I dressed up as Mr. Larson from Happy Gilmore. Everybody got a good kick out of that. Uh, yesterday at the office, I dressed up as a criminal. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> White-collar criminal? Uh, it was a, yeah, it was, I was doing blue collar crimes. Uh, what would a blue collar crime be considered? Just, <laughs> just a good old fashioned bank robbery. <laughs> I, was, I was in the, Boots cling, on the ground. I was in the cling for blue collar crimes for sure. Uh, uh I saw somebody as prison Mike. Um, oh, that's, that's, the zoo. that's a great, great costume. Um, that is. Purple bandana with the yeah. suit. Um, I, I got to say that one of the most fun times I had, I did the the thriller walk in Lexington when I was in college. And so just dressing up as a zombie and scaring the bejesus out of people and then doing the, the dance, so much fun. Yeah, you have people doing the dance in the Monday Night Football game last night, which was a good time. Nice. A texture says, that was a boring-ass exhibition game. It really was. It really, really was. Indiana uh, Tim here. Collins looked lost last night. Well, I, I couldn't find him. Didn't see him. Yeah, I wonder what was up with that. That was a Take little it bizarre. easy, Cal. <laughs> Mississippi State played in an SEC championship game. Oh, we read that one yesterday. Good morning, TJ. I apologize. This might be a long text. I have to say I really want your opinion and value it. Saturday's game was such a disappointment. I understand that we still have a chance at 8-4, and four, but my problem is, one, all of the offseason hype Stoops did and talking crap. Two, this is the recurring theme for Stoops teams after bye weeks. His teams are so undisciplined. What do they do for two weeks during bye weeks? I'm worried Stoops has reached his ceiling here, which, based off Kentucky football history, that's fine. But then let's have an honest conversation about the ATL or bus talk. I don't know if a lot of people are really actually doing the ATL or bus talk seriously. And if they are, well, you're just probably going to be well, disappointed. Yeah. You, you're, you, and that's kind of what I, I was trying to get at earlier is, like, it's one thing to have hope, but, like, to actually be disappointed if you don't get into land, it feels foolish because it's never happened. And you know what? You have to – I need to see that sort of talk. Like, if you want to have a chance to even get there, your players and coaches have to be talking like that. 
Like that's that's how it works, right? You have to have the belief that you can do those actions before those actions are even possible. So like, I don't mind that talk, but I'm not going to, you know, call the ambulance when it doesn't happen. I'm going to be disappointed, but also kind of accept reality. I agree. You got to have that mindset. And again, the season hasn't gone the way that we thought. I think a lot of it just starts with offensive line wasn't what we thought it was going to be right off the get-go. And then the offensive schemes the seeds that we thought this offensive coordinator planted that I actually thought were look good like again I'm still not totally out on the dude just yet maybe I'll be one of the last ones on the train but um they they haven't they haven't produced anything of substance just yet uh, and there's more text on this a little bit later on so I've got a few other thoughts on it but let's keep rolling along I, DJ- I, I was gonna say did we did we ever bring up the Auburn stuff we never brought up the Auburn stuff did we we should bring up the Auburn I think stuff. it's in the text line okay Hold that thought. All right. The DJ Wagner stuff is kind of odd at this point. What's the holdup? Not nervous about it or anything. Just weird. Yeah, it is weird. I, I don't disagree with you there. I don't. I can't tell you what the holdup is, um, but I wouldn't worry. Just be patient. Mm-hmm. Continue to be patient. The lack well, of anything I... from anything from Collins on Sunday was really odd. In order for this team to be elite, we'll need him to be good pretty consistently. Is it weird that I disagree? Yeah, I don't think you need him to be good for this team to be a lead. Because what you got, you got the national player of the year. What if Toppin's a first round pick like we thought? Yeah, I mean, like those that, two guys alone, Kentucky can be elite with Collins coming off the bench and just being okay. Yeah, right. Like you don't need him to be consistent. It's you're going to have some fun games with him, but it's going to be really high peaks. And then I think the consistency that I just want is like, can you come in? get three or four, you know, get between three and seven rebounds, a block shot or two, and not be a liability on offense, right? Like, just clean up missed shots. It was just one exhibition game. Uh, Nobody's given up on Collins just yet, but that was a disappointing performance. We thought we'd see more of him. Hopefully, uh, the next one, he'll be better Thursday night. Coach Twitterfingers didn't have his team ready to play. So, ooh, a little shot at the big dog, I think. No. Even though his tight ends probably played better than anybody. Probably the best positional group on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say. If UK has another offensive showing like Saturday against Missouri, how long will it be before the hashtag ditch rich Twitter trend? It will oh, be Saturday night. I mean, Saturday it'll probably be after the first possession on Saturday. Yeah, like, yeah. There's very, very thin margin for error for the UK offense on Saturday. Yeah. And people are going to be groaning, oh. moaning, and making a stink by 12-15 if things aren't off to a good start. It's, it's going to be as contentious, if not more so, than when they went to Missouri in 2018 and played Danny Clark at quarterback, right? Like, that's that's how – <laughs> yeah, that I feel, feels like we're in a similar spot. I'll say this about Kentucky. I'm glad we're not Michigan State. You're damn right. It, Man, criminal. Yeah, I, I – um, I haven't like checked out all the angles. I've only seen like one video and I can't really see much from it. But like, are they beating up somebody that isn't even in pads? Like, I, I it's hard for uh, me to tell. The guy's in pads, but um, yeah, but they're just, I mean, he's just like, it's like one on nine, you know, or like one yeah. on 10. Um, I don't, and it's not like they're like, I think trying to beat the guy's brains in, but they're definitely trying to quote unquote rough him up. Uh, mm-hmm. But Michigan, Michigan State. That's uh, not not a good look. The fallout from that not going to be pretty. No, nope, some of the over, no some of the overreactions I've heard over the basketball game are crazy. One game where without the unanimous national player of the year, we'll have a top ten offense like we normally do. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen a- too many overreactions either. Like most, I think most people are just 
you know. I think people wanted one. something a little bit more pleasing to the eyeballs, but yeah, I think people realized that that it was October exhibition basketball. Glad that Cal has put so much focus on Wallace early as a primary ball handler in the season. He knows that's what's best for this team long-term. Hopefully we see Reeves as a late shot clock ball handler in some situations as well. I think he can be very dangerous in the pick and roll. And that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier when we discussed the Wheeler injury. Like, yes, you would like to be at full strength early on, but it is going to give those guys more opportunities to be the ball handlers early on in the season. Love Wallace's ability and willingness to shoot. Um, if they're going to play off of them or they're going to sag off, play down, shoot it every time. And, I, again, I think what the number one texter said was like 38% three-point shooter, 36, whatever the number was. He'll probably end up being somewhere around there, and that's fine. But when Wheeler's running point, and I like Wheeler, but, like, it, it does just change the way the entire defense plays. If you have Wallace, I think eventually, if you have Wallace and Reeves, I think eventually you're going to have teams not playing off as much. And if they're not playing off as much, you're going to be able to have you're going to be able to beat guys. You're going to be able to break down the defense a little bit better. You're probably going to get more open shots on the perimeter. So that's just going to be I'm going to be watching the way defenses play Kentucky when Wheeler's on the court versus when he's off the court. And if he's going to be off the court for a few games or even a little bit longer, it's going to be kind of a it's going to be a little bit fun to see how the offense looks a little different than it did most of last season. So that's something I'll have an eye, I'll keep an eye on. Another texture on the Thornton's text line says, not a great look to have an offense that's both too complicated and too predictable. Yeah, it's true. Oh, that's pretty funny. I know you guys don't want to talk about it, but it is a major story when the Kentucky coach won't go on the biggest radio show in the state. Like I said before, Matt just does his all sucks, gee whiz thing, pretends he does no idea why Cal doesn't like him, puts the onus on Cal to come around. Don't blame him at all for having no interest in that show. Yeah. I don't think it's a major story, and also I think the more it's talked about, the less likely it's going to happen. Like right? anything's going to change in that regard. Yeah, yeah like if you just do, like just let things die down and don't bring it up, then eventually he'll come on the show one day. There's a story there, but it's between those two. And I will just say for the fans that are anti-Calipari and just think that like. Well, well, you know, you criticize him. He, he, I guess he's too thin-skinned to have to go take on some criticism. That would seem to suggest that every other show, though, that Calipari goes on has never been critical of him, including ours, and that's just not Ridiculous. true. Like, yeah. we were pretty critical of him from an exhibition standpoint for roster management on, on Sunday. Like, people are critical of him, but again, that's between them. That's not it has nothing to do with us, obviously, so – uh, I would listen to those th- those two talk about it more than you'd hear us talk about it because we're just it has nothing to do with us. A texter says uh, interesting comments from Max Duffy about some of the players on this team. Says there's an unwarranted arrogance in the receiver room. Well, I also think that Max probably just hasn't been around talented receivers before. So, <laughs> like that, he was around Lynn Bowden, and Lynn Bowden rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But you know what? That's that's how most good receivers are. So like that. They just are who they are. Receivers are a different kind of breed, especially the really good ones. And let's give them the ball. Maybe they won't be so upset. Yep. Uh, I, I love Stoops, but I don't think we'd be having a massive problem. Re- I don't think we'd have a massive problem replacing him. The job's never been as appealing as it is right now. The issue for him is that his name will never jump off the page to people at Ohio State, Auburn, LSU, those type of jobs. Nebraska, Iowa are his level. 
uh, blah, blah, blah. I think a breakthrough 11 win New York, New, New Year's six season, excuse me, could change that, but we're not there yet. Um, first and foremost, he has more wins than any other coach in school history. So like, yeah, it would be a big deal if he left. Um, it's easier to replace somebody now, but if the next guy stinks, then you're back to being sucky Kentucky, just like that, right? Like things change very quickly in the sport now, thanks to the portal and nil. And Kentucky doesn't have its nil stuff together. And I think that's why um, when you saw Brian Harson get fired yesterday, um, the Nebraska jobs open, both of those places have a big fat stack of nil money that they can throw around to pay players to come to their school. And that's that those jobs are more intriguing now than ever. And also, even if you fail there, you're going to get paid $15 million not to coach, right? Like, so it's not the worst. It's not the worst job in the world, even if it if there is a high boomer bus rate. And even though it's been 25 years or whatever since Nebraska won a national title, both of those places feel like ones where you can win one. I will say that uh, you, you alluded to it earlier. John Cohen's the new AD there. He previously was a coach at UK, a baseball coach, uh, worked for Mitch Barnhart, was AD at Mississippi State. Maybe that could help some of the administrative stuff. The The biggest knock on the Auburn job right now, aside from their crazy boosters, is just that Georgia and Bama are such powerhouses. And those three all pull from the same recruits for the most part. Hard for all three to be good at once. Maybe two, but all three, like, eh, that's a really, really tough place to win right now. Yeah, and I, I think their willingness just to dump coaches almost immediately isn't overly appealing, but big fat paychecks are, so they'll get somebody else good in there, and it probably won't work out because those other programs you mentioned are better, and then Auburn will just be back in the same spot that they've always perpetually seemingly been in the last decade plus. Uh, another texter says, I really like how Stoops talked about how Scangarello better get his offense fixed or he won't be lasting very long. All about results. Kudos to him doing his job. I agree. I like Stoops saying that. Uh, I do think Stoops is not blameless in some of the issues with this team, but he, I'm sure, would be one of the first ones to tell you. But at the end of the day, you hire an offensive coordinator to make the offense good. If mm-hmm. the offense isn't good, sorry, offense coordinator, you're not doing the job that you're supposed to be doing. That being said, I'm, I'm – I'm not I'm not ready to give up on Scangarello. That Saturday was inexcusable, but I've seen plenty of good things. It just hasn't clicked yet, unfortunately. It's a little late in the season, but I'll still give him some time. A lot of big games left. Come on, Roush. You know Lane Kiffin is going to Auburn. Yeah, it, it would be uh, – it feels like the, the ideal fit, especially because there's a lot of talks that Lane was trying to get that LSU job last year. He knows that Ole Miss has a hard ceiling and – He's really kind of busted through it over the last year and a half. Uh, Lane Kiffin just has to – he'll have to spend a few years at every SEC program. Uh, UK will get him in 2032 is when he's slated to make his way over to Lexington. So uh, he's just spending a few years everywhere, and it looks like Auburn's going to be next. I would love it just from the ripple effect throughout the SEC. I don't think it would really impact Kentucky if he left Ole Miss for Auburn. but be a- It would be fun to see Lane versus Saban, too, in the Iron Bowl. Right. Oh yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a blast. Uh, I was fooled by that fake regard. I was fooled by that fake tweet regarding Scangarello parting. I felt uplifted, not just because of a scapegoat has been crucified. I thought Mark Stoops is serious about UK football being a top program and isn't going to tolerate subpar performances from a coach. I felt like we had a hit a turning point. Instead, here we are: more bubble screens, more run plays up the middle with a weak offensive line. Oh, and more screen passes. If that fails, more screen passes. 
I didn't see the fake tweets going around about Scangarello, but so, somebody did the they, they made it look like it was Matt and they tweeted that oh. Mark Stoops had moved on. But the reason why it was obviously fake, you didn't even have to look at the Twitter handle. They use periods. Matt does not use periods mm. in his sentences when he tweets. Dead giveaway. You nice try, tweeter, but you you gotta you gotta be cleaner than that. Um secondly, is I feel like Kentucky hasn't run a ton of screen passes this year except for that Tennessee game. Is that just is, – is it recency bias? Yeah, it's recency bias. So they did it in that Mississippi State game. I mean, they do, they've do. they done it all season. Yeah, but, like, I, I don't feel like it's it's an over-the-top amount of screen passes. Not like the Joker where I felt like it was third and nine and you were running a bubble screen, right? Well, you just it, it seems like bad things happen whenever they do do the screen plays. Uh, including, you know, the Mississippi State pick six, but, but brought that game back. Oh, that, yeah, okay. That that was, what, three straight bubble screens? Yeah. so it, <laughs> That was really bad. People are noticing. People are noticing. Uh, I was going to try to get this one last long one out, but we'll save that one for tomorrow. Again, we got to get out of here at nine. So uh, text line will be in a healthy position for Wednesday, but keep them coming for our podcast listeners, 502-414-1450. We will catch up to them, ladies and gentlemen. We will catch up to them. And uh, I don't know what all we'll get into tomorrow, but Thursday you get another Kentucky basketball game. Yep. And you got Maxion tonight. Happy Maxion, everybody. A lot of fun. Everybody have a great November. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Oh, TJ Walker. Oh, in a crowd. Yeah. See you then.